Well, we're in this series, and it's called uh, Good Ways to Share the Good News. And we've covered a lot of ground. You know, we, we talked about some of the easiest ways and the most effective ways, by the way, to share the good news with others is simply to invite them. We found that also if you just happen to be in the right place at the right time and you teach somebody something that they are asking a question about, just answer their question, we found that that can be effective. We also looked at other ways that if we just keep it simple, sometimes, you know, when that person gets to the point where they say, you know, I, I really want to connect with God. I, I want to get right with God. What do I have to do? Um, still giving them 23 reasons and a drawing to go by, we ought to be able to say, just put your trust in Christ and become his follower. How many can say that if you had to? Put your trust in Christ and become his follower. If anybody ask you, what do I have to do to be saved? Please don't say anything more than that. That's what they need. And then last week, we, we talked about that you know there are those times that people have questions but they need solid reasons if we just gave them some solid reasons to believe that that can change the day change the course in their life now today we're going to going to change directions a little bit we're going to talk about teaching those that are teachable and this is kind of an indirect way that you and I share the good news it's kind of like when we find those uniquely teachable people and we get involved with them they sometimes can, on a disproportionate level, end up sharing the good news uh, beyond what we ourselves might be capable of doing. I'm just curious, how many of you have ever had someone, when, when you were a new follower of Christ, uh, someone that just kind of took you under wing? You know, you were brand new to the whole Bible scene and the church scene and, and what it means to follow Christ and that kind of thing. And somebody just came along and they just kind of helped you maneuver through this very very new life how, can I just see hands of people that had somebody like that okay um, second question how many of you have ever done that for somebody it's a wonderful wonderful exciting thing to do for somebody I had this guy uh, I became a follower of Christ at age 23 and I had this guy <laughs> named Pastor Roy Stewart of the Metropolitan Baptist Tabernacle uh, sounds like a big church right it was about 30 40 people <laughs> it was not very big but um, I, was, I, got, I became a follower of Christ at 23. I was about 24 when I came to Roy's church. And Roy just kind of took me under wing. And uh, he took me into his library and he just showed me, you know, how to study and how to get access to things. It was not, things weren't online in those days. There was no line. <laughs> it was harder to find theological works if you didn't know what to do. And he just kind of nurtured me in a very special way and, and probably... 90% of my ministry I owe to this guy. He probably won't ever have any appreciation of it until we see each other again in heaven. But at any rate, uh, I was a bit of a nuisance to him because I was always, you know, bugging him, you know, let's go out, let's go knocking on doors, Roy. Come on, let's reach some people for Christ. And he would try to calm me down. But one time he sort of went along with me. He had this gospel group called the Ambergy family that were coming in and he was really excited about the Ambergy family gospel singers now gospel singers some of you I'm not trying to I'm not knocking gospel singer but you know some of you know it's kind of like that barbershop quartet singing but it's gospel songs you know it's uh, you, you know what I'm talking about well you have to understand that was not the kind of music I grew up on in living in D.C. I came out of the original rock culture. I mean, I, I saw Joplin in concert, Hendrix in concert. Some of you are like, what the heck is Joplin? Is that some kind of clothing? Like, <laughs> um, how, many of you, how many of you remember when Sputnik, Sputnik went into space? 
Very few of you. Well, if you want to know my age, I was in second grade when Sputnik was put up. Anyway, so the Ambergy family, we're, we're going door to door to get people to come to hear this gospel group. And I was like, oh, Roy, man, let's just talk to them about Christ, you know. But I went along with it, and the Ambergies came and went, and life didn't change a whole lot. But Roy was uh, so patient with me and just opened his whole life uh, up to me, and it made a world, world difference. Ch- changed my life, changed it dramatically. So when we find somebody that's teachable and we make ourselves, as we sang in the song, available to take them under wing, it can make a disproportionate difference. I, I'm not sure what Roy saw, but he saw something in me teachable. Now, you know, I was surely eager. I, I, I had such a hunger for God's word and, and I couldn't study enough. Obviously, he picked up on that and then he took it to the next level. So the message today is about that. It, it's about teaching the teachable because God will cause these kinds of people to come across their path and when we teach the teachable sometimes they will disproportionately spread the good news about Christ beyond what you and I maybe are ever able to do so we want to pick up with the book of Acts once again and we were last week Paul was in Athens in Acts 17 giving a message we're in Acts 18 it says after this Paul left Athens and he went to Corinth there he met a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. It's kind of cool when your husband and wife and your names match, you know, they uh, rhyme. Uh, <laughs> because Claudius had ordered all the Jews to leave Rome, Paul went to see them. And because he was a tent maker, as they were, he stayed and worked with them. Every Sabbath, he reasoned in the synagogue, trying to persuade Jews and Greeks. Young Jewish boys were all taught a trade. Paul was taught uh, the trade of tent making. Aquila and Priscilla were tent makers, so he connects with them on that basis. When Silas and Timothy came from Macedonia, Paul devoted himself exclusively to preaching and testifying to the Jews that Jesus was the Messiah. The word Messiah, it's our word for Christ. Paul's showing from the Old Testament scriptures that Jesus fulfilled all the prophecies, showing that he was absolutely the Messiah, the Christ. That God, I'm not sure what I just did. Did I do something bad with the wire maybe? Okay. Um, so Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half teaching them the word of God. Then he left the brothers and sisters and he sailed for Syria accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. So after a year and a half, he's been, you know, partnering with Priscilla and Aquila. They're tent making together. He's preaching every occasion that he gets a chance. But I want you to pause for a minute and just imagine what it would be like to live with Paul, the Apostle Paul, the guy that's getting direct revelation from God, the guy that the Spirit of God used to write 13 books in the New Testament. Do you think Paul was quiet at home? I don't think so. So you're Priscilla and Aquila, and he's just teaching them the full counsel of God in ways that no one has ever had the revelation from God to be able to teach it before. So that 18 months that he's there, they're learning, they're learning. He is teaching people who were teachable and he forms this partnership with them so he is accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila they arrived at Ephesus where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila by the way did you notice anything odd when he first met them which name was first anybody notice Aquila the man Priscilla and Aquila Priscilla and Aquila Romans 16 Priscilla and Aquila the end of Paul's life 
2 Timothy chapter 4, Priscilla and Aquila. What happened? I, I think, I think, I can only theorize on this, that of the two, Priscilla was the more teachable of the two. And Priscilla was perhaps one that God had given a teaching gift to. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And so you always see Paul putting her ahead of him. Let me tell you something. In the first century, huh, that was not the norm. Uh, you didn't put women before men in any regard. So here, here we have Paul already being led by the Spirit of God to show the differences in the way God sees him. Anyway, he himself went into the synagogue and he reasoned with the Jews. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, which doesn't sound like a Jewish name at all. I mean, it's very Greek. But meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, that's not like Virginia, that would have been in Egypt. Um, he, <laughs> he came to Ephesus, and he was a learned man with a thorough knowledge of the Scriptures. The Scriptures that he would have had thorough knowledge of would have been the Old Testament. You know why? Want to know why? Anybody want to make a guess? There was no New Testament. It was still <laughs> gradually being written. You're right, it was their Bible, absolutely. But the New Testament didn't exist. It, it was in the making. So he was thoroughly acquainted with God's revelation given in the Old Testament. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord. Now this is Apollos. And he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he knew only the baptism of John. Try to get the picture. Apollo somehow had heard about Jesus, this one that was thought to be the Messiah, the Christ. But all he knew was from John's baptism. Remember where Jesus appears and John says, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And then Jesus submits to water baptism. That's all that John knew, or all that Apollos knew. So he's testifying about Jesus that we think the Messiah has come we think it's this Jesus of Nazareth but he didn't know anything about Jesus teaching he didn't know anything about Jesus miracles he knew nothing about Jesus sacrificial death on the cross and he knew nothing about Jesus resurrection from the dead so he was teaching what he could teach but he really lacked now watch what happens he began to speak boldly in the synagogue when Priscilla and Aquila notice again Priscilla and Aquila when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and they explained to him the way of God more adequately. Priscilla and Aquila do with Apollos what Paul did with Priscilla and Aquila. Apollos had some knowledge, but they say, but do you, you need to know the rest of the story, Apollos. You need to know what Jesus taught. He taught like no one has ever taught before. You need to know about his miracles. No one's ever done the things he did. You need to know about his sacrificial death. And most of all, Apollos, you need to know that he's risen, and he promised he's going to come again, and he's going to, he's going to change the world. He's going to change the universe forever. So they filled in the blanks. They saw in Apollos a teachable man, a teachable person, and they taught him. Paul saw in Priscilla and Aquila a teachable couple, and he poured into them. So, Apollos, when Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, toward Corinth, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. When he arrived, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed. And if you read 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, you'll see it's all about Apollos and the impact that he had on the Corinthians. And so here, 
Priscilla and Aquila, they teach teachable Apollos, and then Apollos has tremendous impact on the whole Corinthian assembly. So much impact that many of the people, unfortunately, were polarizing around him, and some were polarizing around Paul and so forth. At any rate, uh, if I could just go on. Now, what I want to do is change gears a little bit. The divine preeminence of teaching. Uh, teaching is God's chosen methodology for human development. You think about it, God, God is eternal, he's omniscient, which means he knows everything, and he's all loving. And so he has an obligation as a loving being, as an all-knowing being, who creates beings in his own image with the capacity to experience life on the level that he himself does, but who are made in his image means we're made delicately. Certain things can injure us greatly. Certain things benefit us. So love necessitates that God teaches. And the reason that he teaches is because we know that God is a relational being. He authentically wants spontaneous, authentic, enthusiastic relationships with human beings. It means that he actually wants you and I to like him and like him so much that we want to be like him. And so because he wants an authentic relationship, he teaches us. He, he wants to, uh, to teach us his ways, but he doesn't force those on us. He waits for us to respond to him. So teaching, I'm just going to go through about four or five verses real quick. I just want to show you how central teaching is. Teaching is God's chosen way to communicate what his purposes and plans are for human beings and also to transform us, to help us to develop and grow. Let's look at some verses. Isaiah 48, 17. It says, this is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God who teaches you, what does it say? What is good for you. How many of you will admit that you've done some things in your life that you liked it at the time, but it turned out not to be good for you? Can I see your hands? Okay. God teaches us because he loves us. He knows what's best. He wants what's best. So it says that he teaches you what is good for you and leads you along the paths you should follow. God, God just wants our best. And so his methodology, though, is teaching. And again, teaching, he presents the truth to us, and then he waits for us to respond. Let's go on. In Colossians 3, 16, the New Testament, it says, let the teaching of Christ and his words keep on living in you. It's one thing to learn what God says in his word. It's another thing to internalize it. That's when the word starts living in us. It starts to form the way we view things, our value system, our decision-making system, uh, the way we respond to circumstances. It lives in us. Let me go on. This is John 8, 31. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you're truly my disciples if, that's a condition, if you remain faithful to my, what? Teaching. See the emphasis again. God is all about teaching. Listen, folks, pe people have so many false notions about what God's real purpose and plan is or what Christianity is. Many people think that it's all about a ritual. You find out, you know, what God wants and you try to appease him. You know, if God wants you to go to church, you go to church. You say, see, see, Lord, I did my duty today. I went to church. Or if God wants me to, you know, say some prayers or give some money or do something, you figure out 
what kind of ritual what kind of incantation what 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 do you have to do to appease the deity and you wait until you know you feel like okay I'm, I'm okay with the deity he's on my side he's not on my back and a lot of people think that God is this simplistic being that you can please with with rituals of various kinds but he's not he's a relational being he is full of passionate love and he literally waits he reveals himself to us and waits until we respond because we like him and want to respond so Jesus says you're truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings it it is about embracing the truth as God reveals it to us let me go on 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. This is important because this is at the Apostle Paul, the end of his life. After 32 years of serving Christ, he knows he's going to be beheaded by Nero. He's awaiting his sentencing. He writes these words. He says, all scripture is inspired by God and it's useful for, here we go, teaching. Teaching the truth, rebuking error, correcting faults, and giving instruction for right living so that the man or woman, it just means the person of God, may be complete thoroughly equipped for every good action now I have a statement I want to share with you God reveals reality to us it's not about ritual it's about reality he reveals reality to us allowing us to adjust to it now we don't have to how many of you have ever learned something that God wants you to do or wants you not to do you knew it but you rejected it and just did things your way can I just see your hands I've done that okay so he reveals reality to us but then he waits for us to adjust to it God reveals reality to us allowing us to adjust to it which brings healthy development when we adjust to reality as God reveals it and we do what he says we discover that it develops us it blesses us it builds all of a sudden peace takes the place of turmoil and joy takes the place of you know maybe sadness or grief or anger and all these things God starts to change us as we allow the truth about himself and the truth about life his word to work its way deep inside our minds and and gives us our viewpoint of life and so forth let me go on now what do the teachable look like because this message is about teaching the teachable and many of you are sitting here saying well Randy I'm I'm not a teacher just hang on remember what Jesus said when he rose from the grave he said to his followers he said go into all the world and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit and then he said teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you and I'm with you always to the end age therefore every Christian every Christ follower can is given permission by Christ to teach and every Christian every Christ follower is it's the desire of God that we teach now we're not all going to teach on the same level but we can teach okay so what do the teachable look like I mean how, what, what should we look for when we're trying to find those that are teachable to teach to give ourselves to first of all look for humility look for humility in the person remember Jesus said unless you become like a little child you can't even enter the kingdom of God he was saying unless you're completely teachable and to be completely teachable requires humility great passage from Isaiah Isaiah 66 it says for all these things my hand is made and so all these things have come into being by and for me says the Lord talking about creation but this is the man or this is the person to whom I will look and have regard let that sink in God's saying I want you guys to know who really impresses me, who really gets my attention, 
who who I just want to stare at and get involved with that's what that's saying I will look to and have regard to he who is and what's the first trait humble and of a broken or wounded spirit he's not looking for perfect people he's looking for broken people people that are broken and know they're broken and who trembles at my word and reveres my commandments now tremble at his word it's not like they're, we're afraid of God it's that people who respect what the treasure of the word of God is. Here, is here is the creator of the universe revealing the secrets of life he's telling us how we're designed and when we uh, allow that truth to get into us and we adjust to it properly we find that it brings life at the highest level of quality that can be experienced trembling at the word it means I recognize this is the most precious thing on the planet so first quality to look for when you and I are looking to teach the teachable look at their character first are they humble because if they're not humble whatever you and I teach them will actually hurt them worse it'll just inflate their pride and arrogance and lead them in a destructive way not, not a developmental way Secondly, availability. We just sang that song, you know, I'm Available. It's a beautiful, powerful song. And the thing wrecks me every time we sing it. I get over there where nobody can hear me, you know, and nobody can see me and my eyes are running, nose is running, everything. But it's a powerful, meaningful song. Look for humility and then look for availability. I, I think way, way, way back what Roy Stewart, that early pastor of mine, saw when I was 24 years old, is he saw somebody that was available and I was man and if, if, if there's one thing that I've maintained all these years it's utter commitment to God availability you will be shocked you'll just be shocked what God will do with anybody any, I don't care how bro- and I'm thinking of me I don't care how broken you are I don't care how messed up you are I, I don't care what your past has been make yourself available to God and he will push aside heaven and earth he will surround you with just the right people just the right experiences he will see to it that you are receiving the kind of education that you need he will do everything to move you forward to support you to to bless you and allow you to be a part of what he's doing to change people's lives look at this verse from second chronicles i remember when i first discovered this one it just blew my mind because i thought like I can do that that's one that's one ad I can answer it says for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth that that thing range throughout the earth what that is saying is that God is searching for people he's searching right right today his spirit is searching through this audience he's saying is, is there any is there any of them out there is there any the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are what does it say fully committed to him there's a lot of things you and I can't change about ourselves okay but we can change that in an instant you you and I have the the God-given ability to change our commitment level in an instant when that first burst in my mind I thought I can do that and I will do that and that has not left me all these years thankfully so humility availability the third thing we need to look for of those that God will put across our path that may be teachable is capability now don't let that throw you because we all have capability we just have different kinds different levels but sometimes the people that are the most teachable what I've discovered through the years the people that are more highly teachable than others 
sometimes not all the time sometimes it's because God has given them a teaching gift that those that have this intense um, disproportionate hunger to study God's word typically it's because God has given them a teaching gift look at this this passage from Romans and it talks about the differing gifts that God gives to us it says but we have gifts that differ and which are meant to be used according to the grace that has been given to us if your gift is service devote yourself to serving if your gift is what teaching devote yourself to teaching so sometimes the teachable are those that God has given a teaching gift to now there's, there's multiple expressions of a teaching gift it might be teaching you know toddlers it might be teaching you know little, little kids elementary it might be middle schoolers it might be high schoolers it might be small groups uh, it can be any number of things it, it, it could be something on a wider platform but one of the marks that I've learned through the years to discover if God's given somebody a teaching gift is do they have this tremendous drive to study to to learn the truth for themselves to go the extra mile that's usually indicative that God has given that person a, a teaching gift but sometimes the teachable are excessively teachable because God is already planning on what he wants to do in their lives and through their lives all right let's go on now here's here's a catch it's easier to see one if you are one teaching the teachable what I'm trying to say is it's easier to see the teachable it's easier to recognize the teachable it's easier to discover them and then prepare yourself to help them if you are teachable if if I'm not teachable myself if I haven't been teachable myself I'm not going to have the 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 sight I'm not going to have the spiritual sensitivity to spot the teachable as well as if I had been so here again this is one of these things you and I can change this before we leave here today I can determine today if I could go back to that slide I could determine before I leave here today that I'm going to be one that myself becomes teachable so let's pause for one one second um this is a good time for you and I to ask ourselves and I, and I don't know anything about you you know your past I, maybe some of you you've been um, associated with Christ for a few years or decades uh, maybe some of you have been fully devoted Christ followers for a long long time but, but that's not really the question I'm saying that during the time whatever the time is how teachable have you been uh, Pete mentioned something a couple of weeks ago. He said, wouldn't it be amazing if, if we all came in here every Sunday morning like he behaves in the grocery store, hungry. <laughs> he said, what if we all came in here just hungry? And I'm not just saying just here, but how teachable have we been? How eager have we been? How much have we seized the opportunities? I mean, we, we live in a time where we have study Bibles with all these cool notes that just got, you can kind of have a Bible scholar sitting at your feet if you have a good study Bible, you know? So with all the opportunities, and this is not meant to make you feel heavy or guilty. I, I, I'm just being real with you. I mean, you know, we're all different places, but, but man, I hope I can stir some of you to say, you know what, from this day on, I myself am going to start being teachable so that I can be in a better shape to spot those that are teachable take them under my wings and bring forth you know the development that God intends in their life if I could go on to my next slide now so what does teaching them look like if we're looking to find the teachable 
what is teaching them look like because some of us are probably sitting here saying Randy I don't feel adequate to teach someone else good grief I'm, I'm just learning myself and frankly to teach someone else you, you just need to be one step ahead of where they're at sometimes the best teaching comes from someone that's very close to the same place that the person that is being taught is at so please don't put yourself down don't put yourself in this box that you're unqualified because you likely are qualified more qualified than you think you just need to be one step ahead of someone that's that's the truth let me share a couple things with you how do we teach them the teachable we involve them we, we just get them involved. We just get them in the game. We just help them get acclimated to things. We open our lives to them. Listen to this verse from 2 Timothy, Paul again. He says the things, he's telling Timothy, and he knows that he's about to be beheaded by Nero. He knows he's going to turn over his enterprise to Timothy, who he had also found as a teachable young man many years before. He says the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to what kind of people? faithful people who will be able to do what teach others also just get people involved share what you've learned in life from God and share it with people that you have reason to believe this is a faithful person and I believe they will pass on what I give to them I believe they'll they'll share it with with others now I'm gonna I'm gonna share something with you this is a real secret I'm giving away to you today uh, I should charge you something like a, in a seminar, but I won't. <laughs> I'm kidding. But I, I'm going I'm to share with you four ways to teach anyone anything. How many would like to be able to teach anyone anything? Can I see your hands? Okay. And I'm not going to charge you for this. <laughs> I got it from Jesus, okay? It's not, it's not that big. It's not from me, all right? Here you go. Four steps to teach anyone everything. I do it and you watch me Jesus did that with his disciples when he first called them out he did everything he just wanted them to watch him so I do it you watch second step I do and you help Jesus did that with his disciples after a while he started involving them he got them to help him do what he was doing now this period of I do you help that that can take an indeterminate time it doesn't have to be short it can be long if it's necessary but first thing is they just watch you do it they just shadow you and that too can take a long time until they're they're comfortable going to the next level I do you help and then the third level you do this is the person you're teaching they do it and you help them okay so again this can be proportioned maybe you just give them a little something to do and you and you help maybe you give them a lot to do if they're an eager good learner but you're, you're, you've taken them through steps that they're comfortable. They're not feeling scared. Maybe a little scared. A little scared is good. But they're, they're, they're comfortable enough to do it. And then the very last stage, you do and I watch. Now, you have turned it over to them, but you are still with them. They are not alone, and they know you're with them. They know that if they start drowning, you're, you're going to bail them out. And you're an ongoing resource for them. They, they get in trouble they have a question they they want to bounce something off you you are there you are there for an indeterminate period of time Paul stayed in Timothy's life for the whole 32 years of Paul's ministry so at the end of Paul's life by the way in 2nd Timothy chapter 4 guess who he writes on the list of people that he's kind of saying goodbye to Priscilla and Aquila the ones that he had met so so many years earlier so he he always stayed close to them this is this is simple and brilliant. You know why? Because it's Jesus' methodology. That's why. 
anybody can teach anyone to do anything do not if you're sitting here and you feel inadequate to teach somebody follow this little formula and I promise you you'll surprise yourself as to how adequate you actually are all right let me go on the, th- the second thing we do, we, we involve them first, then we invest in them. Now, investment I've already hinted at. That's a long-term thing. And, and that's more of you're your sharing not just what you know, but what you are with them. You're, you're pouring yourself into them. You're making yourself consistently available to them. Romans 15, 14. It says, personally, Paul, this is Paul writing to followers of Jesus in Rome. He says, personally, I'm convinced about you, my brothers and sisters, that you yourselves are full of goodness amply filled with all spiritual knowledge and competent to admonish and counsel and instruct one another you know know what's wild about this verse see you you wouldn't normally think this when you read it when Paul wrote this to the people living in Rome the followers of Christ living in Rome guess what they didn't possess I mentioned it earlier to the brother over there they didn't possess a new testament it didn't exist it was it, it was being formed so he's telling them, I think you're amply filled with all spiritual knowledge. All they had was Old Testament and, and the accumulated story of Jesus. The story was starting to spread, New Testament teaching from ones like Peter and Paul and the other apostles. It was spreading, but, but they didn't have the book. They, they didn't have the study mechanism that we have. And yet he still felt confident. He says, and competent to admonish. Now, we were there word, word admonish, and we're like, I don't even know what that means. That sounds like something from the King Jimmy Bible. Admonish, admonition admonition admonish that word it's a greek word new testament written in greek it's nethateo and it means you're confronting someone for the purpose of lovingly correcting them and he's saying to these believers i I think you're totally competent to do that with each other i know you can he says you're you're competent to admonish and to counsel and instruct one another please do not sell yourself short if you're just a little bit ahead in your journey you're more able to teach the teachable than what you think you don't have to be miles ahead i tell you something will happen though you start you start making yourself available to teach the teachable somebody that's eager and god's put them in your pathway you yourself will start to want to learn more because you will feel a burden upon yourself to continue to be a model and uh, to have answers supply answers for that person if i could go to one more we have to offer them all we know and all we are everything that God has shared with you with me we should be ready to pour that out to those that are teachable give them everything don't hold back anything the second part is different all that we are some of the most valuable things that you guys have are your life experiences you've been through some things you've come out on the other side of some things you've experienced the the power of God when you had to just cry out to be rescued maybe and you saw him come through you know some things by experience about peace and joy and love and and so many other things you you know by by experience the damaging effects of things that God calls sin and you have so much more to share than what you perhaps realize so if if God's putting somebody across your path that's teachable jump in and teach the teachable person now let me close by giving ourselves a chance to ask just a couple questions 
Number one, and you might not be able to do this today. It might be that you have to go home, get a sheet of paper to do this one because, you know, it kind of freezes somebody's brain when you ask them to think of something real quick. But might there be someone right now that God has put across your path in your life that is teachable and God and heaven are just waiting for you to seize the reins and start teaching them? You might not think of it now, but go home, go home. Say, God, is there somebody? Is there somebody? You know, write it down. That's number one. Number two, something I mentioned earlier in the message. Could it be that God had you here today because he wants you, me, we, to be more teachable ourselves, to be more eager, to be more hungry for his truth, to be more cautious and careful in how we apply it obediently in our lives could it be that that's that's the thing that the spirit of god wants to stir and catalyze in us today we're going to say man from this day forward lord new page new deal i'm going to be so teachable i'm going to get into your word your word's going to get into me i'm going to go at this thing fully committed i'm going to be utterly available and committed and then there might be some of you in here there may be someone You've never actually, people around you may not know this, but you've never actually put your trust in Christ and become his follower. You're learning, you're affiliating, you're associating, you're looking like it, but you know inside it hasn't really been a decision that you've made. And this day, God is saying, will you allow me to be your father? I just want to teach you the way. I I, I love you. I know what's best and I want what's best. Will you just trust me? Will you put your trust in me as I've revealed myself in totality in Jesus and become his follower today? You can make that decision today. And if it's a sincere decision, you will never be the same. You will will start into a change, a growth, a development process that you will be so joyful you entered into as time goes on. But you've got to be humble. We talked about that, humility as well as availability. Let's pray. Father, you know us. You know each and every one of us. You've seen every experience. You've seen every tear. You've seen every dream. Please work in us. When we leave here and our minds get busy, please work in us to ask you, those that you've put in our path that are teachable, to maybe consider making decisions that we will be more teachable And Lord, if there's that one or two people here that have never done what I did at age 23, may this be the day that heaven rejoices. They put their trust in you, Lord Jesus, and they follow you fully for the rest of their days. It's in your name I pray. Amen.